When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. 20 seconds to go. Wrist shot, save Talbot. Rebound, top of the bullpen. Wrist shot, Martinez, save Talbot. Kopitar bangs it off the back of the head. 12 seconds, wrist shot, Martinez. Save made by Cam Talbot. Here come the Oilers, 2 on 1 to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side. Dry set awaits. There's the center pass. Left timer home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, and Oilers and Eskimos playing a big part of the show tonight. Todd McClellan, Mark Letestu speaking today at the Mark Spector Golf Classic at the Quarry. We'll have your quarterback Mike Riley on the show as well as the Eskimos get ready for that big showdown with the BC Lions. Friday night, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Yeah, two four-game winning streaks colliding. We'll have the coverage 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Jed, the game will start at 7.30. Now, Oilers captain Connor McDavid, meanwhile, speaking at an event in Toronto and the Olympics on his mind. Of course, as you know, NHL players will not be skating in South Korea in February, and McDavid knows that uh, probably mean the tournament ain't going to be quite as special. It's disappointing. I don't think that Team Canada would have put together a team like they would have been able to put together this year. Um, it would have been a special group, and you just hope to be a part of it. But um, ultimately, it looks like it's not going to happen. It's, it's disappointing, but that's the way it is. All right, so... Certainly that uh, one of the storylines would have been Big David on that team, uh, a teammate with uh, Crosby and all the other Canadian greats, but that is not going to happen. McDavid weighing in on that today. More on 630Ched.com. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins. The show is Inside Sports on 630Ched. You're a part of it as well. You can always text 630-630. The phone number 780-496-0063. Uh, we're going to deal with uh, some of the comments from Todd McClellan. I had a sit-down interview with Mark Letestu at the golf course as well. Mike Riley between 6.30 and 7 tonight. Uh, just some Eskimos notes I want to get to first, though. Mike Riley is one of the CFL's top performers of the week. You know, he had that great game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 350 yards, three touchdowns, the comeback drive. Riley, of course, has yet to throw an interception this season. He's up over 1,200 yards. The other players of the week, both from Calgary, defensive lineman Charleston Hughes and running back Jerome Messam. Now, can also tell you, uh, Kendall Lawrence on the six-game injured list for the green and gold, so uh, we'll see who they put as the kick returner when they uh, put out the uh, the depth chart tomorrow for the game on Friday. Uh, linebacker, if Blair Smith can't go, and that will position, the uh, will linebacker position, that's the tough one. Greenwood out, 
Konar out. Blair Smith may be out for Friday. We'll see if he can't play. Christoph Malamba Chamenga will be the guy who uh, draws in. So, uh, yeah, Eskimos are getting the wins. Are getting the wins even though they're pretty beat up, especially at that one position. So we'll see how they handle that. All right. So, first of all, congratulations to Sports Central and uh, Mark Spector. His golf classic today at the Quarry Sports Central, of course, uh, you know, providing uh, sports equipment to kids and families in need, raising over $150,000 today at the Quarry. And uh, the head coach of the Oilers, Todd McClellan, proud to be the uh, spokesperson for Sports Central. Well, I think it's uh, it's just a great opportunity for me to be involved in the community through Sports Central, um, a charity that's pretty close to uh, to myself and my family, um, an opportunity for me to give back. And uh, Sports Central does such a good job of providing young um, young kids an opportunity to be involved in a game like golf or hockey, baseball, whatever it might be, uh, through their donation of equipment. And uh, it's something I'm really uh, happy to be involved in. I think it's really important, not only for me, but for the uh, for the Oilers organization, right from the, the Cates family on down. And uh, I'm a firm believer that our guys do a really good job here. Uh, the foundation does an excellent job of uh, of raising funds and then giving back to the community. The players are involved uh, quite intensely throughout the regular season, and there's some that uh, make Edmonton their year-round homes. And I know they've been involved um, a lot throughout the summer. So we're uh, we're as proud of that as we are of what they do on the all right Todd McClellan by the way his full availability today is uh, on the Oilers page on 630chet.com but we're going to have some of the highlights tonight throughout the show and obviously we haven't spoken with Todd for uh, a while really since the uh, the season ended so he was in town today golfing and uh, a lot has uh, happened for the Oilers since then and Connor McDavid's new contract one of the stories He's going to be an Oiler for the next nine years. He's going into the final year of his entry-level deal. Then he gets the eight-year extension for $100 million. So I, I kind of pose the question to McClellan. I mean, look, he's, he's uh, just moving into his 20s. We, we kind of, he's, he's the leading scorer. He's the MVP, yet we kind of still don't really know what he's capable of. We don't even know what his limits are. Well, I don't know if anybody knows uh, what Connor or any player's limitations are. They've got to continue to develop. Um, I'm talking generally as a player, but Connor has to as well. And um, The one thing about him is he's very motivated. He, he wants to get better in many different ways, physically, mentally. Um, he takes the time to study the game. He asks great questions and uh, certainly he's our leader. We, we knew that when uh, we awarded him the captaincy, but uh, he, he proved us right throughout the regular season. Uh, his teammates respected him, and and we're excited about having him around for many, many years to come. You've seen a lot of different players over your career you know, pick up the leadership of various teams. Uh, is there anybody you can compare him to, or do you see him developing in the same ways? And I mean, how does a leader become a leader on a team like this? Well, I don't see... Um, direct comparisons. I see him taking pieces from different uh, individuals that I've been around and I think that's a uh, a real good trait of his. He's he's Connor McDavid. He's not uh, Steve Eiserman or Nick Lidstrom or Joe Thornton. He's uh, he's Connor McDavid. He has his own way of carrying himself, his own way of communicating with uh, with us as a coaching staff, his teammates, the fans, the media. And uh, as soon as uh, an individual, no matter who you are, steps outside of his skin, uh, then it becomes a little more difficult. And Connor is so confident and does such a good job that uh, I don't think he needs to be uh, compared to anybody else. He'll pave his own way. Well, no doubt about that. Uh, I, I think we got to 
not call Connor McDavid the next anybody. He is the first Connor McDavid, and it's going to be fun continuing to watch him play here in the City of Champions. And, you know, you talk a lot about the draft lottery win for the Oilers changing everything, and this past season I think we finally saw definite change, definite growth, definite improvement in the team. McDavid leading the way with 100 points, tops in the NHL. He wins the Hart Trophy as league MVP. The Oilers go from uh, 29th in his rookie season, which of course was cut short by the injury, to 8th overall. They improved from a meager 70 points to uh, 103. They were one win away, maybe a, a questionable call away from going to the third round of the playoffs. So things, uh, you know, definite change the Oilers I think have progressed past uh past hope and uh now maybe can talk about trying to crack that upper tier of the National Hockey League and McClellan address the increased expectations well expectations will uh will be a word that we'll be hearing a lot of heading into training camp and throughout training camp and uh expectations make it a little harder on a hockey club um mentally uh physically um, and we haven't experienced that as a group yet. That's why I still consider our team a growth team. We've got to go through that now. Um, teams will be ready for the Oilers. Um, they'll be prepared to play against us night in and night out. And uh, people expect us, uh, our fans in particular, to win on a more regular basis than we have in the past. So our task just gets tougher. Yeah, 47 wins for the Oilers last season. Uh, I mean... You, you approach that 50-50 win barrier, you've had a pretty good season if you ever do get over it. And I, I think he, he said it, the Oilers were, uh, you know, they went through the decade of darkness. They were a perennial doormat. Sure, of course, they win games. It's the NHL. They still had good players. There's still a fine margin a lot of nights. But uh, they often were uh, sometimes completely outclassed and often were on the, the wrong side of that fine line. Now the challenge is you're good. Teams get up for you. Teams want to be the one that shut down McDavid or Dreisaitl or score on Talbot. You know, if the Oilers have some winning streaks, you're going to face opponents who want to be the team to stop it. So all that comes with uh, the team growing and getting better and the expectations going up as Todd McClellan goes into the third year of being the head coach of the Oilers. Well, in year three, we have a, a much better idea of, of how players are going to react to uh, to different types of, of coaching motivational tools, uh, whether that's a push or a shove or a hug or whatever it might be. Uh, but we should have a good idea of what buttons to push for, with most, most players. We have a better idea this year of their ceiling um, and, and how close they are to it um, individually. But it's the collective part that, uh, that concerns uh, our staff heading in. We have to come to camp with a... Uh, a very focused and direct approach. We can't get casual, we can't get relaxed, and uh, that's where we'll have to step in as a, as a coaching staff. Um, some of us on that staff have the experience of going through this in the past, so we'll have to help them as much as we can. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always a challenge to be found, and we've spent most of the recent off-seasons talking about the Oilers facing the challenge of trying to become a competitive team or even somewhat competitive. Uh, I mean, I know one of the most painful things for me was talking to dedicated Oilers fans on and off-air who, you know, as, as the decade of darkness continued, who just were saying, could we at least just barely miss the playoffs? Or wouldn't it be great 
just to maybe miss the playoffs by eight points. Wouldn't it be great to be in it in February or March, even if we don't get in? Well, now I, I, I don't think that just being in the playoff race is going to be acceptable when you've had a good year. You got one of the top players in the league. You got a solid defense. You got a pretty good goalie. You got some depth up front. So with all that, now comes a, a new form of pushing, a new form of detail in the game, a new form of challenges, and Todd McClellan clearly addressing that there. And that that is going to be one of the things is, okay, you've taken a step forward, let's not rest in it. The small picture was pretty good last season. And I remember the day after the Oilers clinched a playoff spot against the Los Angeles Kings, we have the uh, the highlight and the the opening to the show some nights of of Jack calling the flurry of saves by Cam Talbot on the night they clinched against the Kings. That the practice after that might have been the most precise practice I saw from the Oilers on home ice all season long. Now I don't travel, so I don't see them on the road. But that was not a celebratory, we've accomplished something practice. That was a let's keep working type practice. So you hope after a step forward year, maybe even a couple step forward year, a couple of steps forward year, that the Oilers keep that level of dedication. That's going to be fun to watch as we move along. Okay, it is 6-18. Blue Jays trying to beat Oakland again, scoreless in the bottom of the fourth. Oilers center Mark Letestu. I sat down with him at the golf course. You will hear that interview when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. As we move along tonight, we have some big names. Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley coming up between 6.30 and 7. We'll also have a one-on-one chat I had this morning with Amanda Nunez. She's the UFC women's bantamweight champion in town today to promote the September 9th. UFC event that's going to be at Rogers Place. I also got some comments from David Shaw, who's the uh, senior VP of UFC. We'll talk about uh, the decision to come to uh, Edmonton. Also, some of the challenges the sport faces as well. That was a pretty interesting chat with him. Okay, so, uh, yeah, the deal today was uh, Todd McClellan Media availability at the Quarry, great golf course in northeast Edmonton, by the way. Uh, well, I've talked about the Quarry before because it's the, the guru there. I don't know what his job title is. I just call him my swing guru, Taylor Sinsky. I think he's the director of golf who uh, turned me from an incompetent golfer into a bad golfer. And trust me, that's significant because there was improvement. Uh, but they had the uh, Mark Spector Golf Classic to benefit Sports Central out at the quarry today. Mark Letestu, who does spend his summers here in Edmonton, was uh, one of the celebrity players. I'm a good golfer. Not great, uh, but I had a great team today. Uh, we all kind of chipped in. Felt like the winter uh, where everybody kind of played a role and came away with a good score. So I'm waiting to see if we won. I've never won one of these things, so it would be nice to win one. All right, now the, the Bonneville Pontiac connection is you were a teammate, I think for at least a year, maybe two, with Jamie Sedlowski, long drive champion, who's now trying to play, I guess, traditional golf, if that's the right word, and get discarded. What, did, are you still, I don't know what you remember about Jamie or if you knew about his driving prowess when you were playing, but he's had quite a path, hasn't he? Yeah, Jamie, Jamie was, uh, was a D-man his first year, uh, my last year in Bonneville. Uh, 
good player, good hockey player, and he probably could have taken that a little step further. He could always hammer the puck, much like the way he hits a golf ball, but uh, Jamie was the, the local kid that was winning, cleaning up all the junior golf tournaments. He was just, he had a gift at a young age, and uh, he's obviously turned that into a career now. Uh, but he just, he has, a, again, a gift for hitting things hard in a long ways. So he's, uh, it's pretty cool to see where, what he's doing. And hopefully eventually gets that tour card and we can all watch him on TV. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Uh, it's been uh, some exciting moves for you guys this offseason. I think the roster's looking pretty stable. Look, it was no shock that Connor McDavid committed here long term and, and got a, you know, a, a pretty valuable contract, obviously. He's just turned 20. He just won the MVP. He just led the league in scoring. I almost hate to say this, but yet there's so much more to come for him. I mean, you just look at the next potential nine years as an oiler, and it's almost like, what is his max? I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, and I think that there's a trophy left out, and I think that's that's the one he'll be chasing next, and I'm pretty confident he's going to get there eventually, and I'm pretty proud to be on his team for that. Uh, I think he's a pretty individually driven guy that the things we just spoke of are going to be multiples. There'll be multiple MVPs and scoring titles and hopefully Stanley Cup finals and appearances and all-star games. And I think when it's all said and done, his career is going to be pretty special. So being here for the first couple has been pretty cool. Uh, I'd sure like to see where it goes from here, though. You know, Chris Russell was signed for four more years. That was a lot of debate about that contract and where he might wind up. You see him not just on the ice, but but off the ice. And, and I wonder if there's uh, any mentorship or leadership characteristics that that he might have that don't that don't necessarily show up when people see a game on TV or at the ring. Yeah, well, I mean, we we joke that he's he's Matt Benning's dad. So you know, he, he obviously has an influence there uh, with Matt. Uh, but I think the way he p- plays is so contagious. Uh, you know, he like five nine, five ten, uh, but plays with more guts and balls than a lot of guys do, as far as stepping in front of shots and taking on guys that are bigger than him, and really leading and showing the way that you compete. And that's something that I think at times some teams miss when it comes to playoff time. Your compete level and wanting to go to battle—that's uh, something you need. And Chris is a perfect example of a guy that hasn't been exactly given all the physical tools, but he makes up for in, in fortitude. And uh, That's something our young guys can learn from, that if they, they add that to their already impressive physical skill set, uh, they'd be pretty good players. I think I know the answer, but I'll just ask it this way. Are you ready to embrace the increased expectations, both individually and as a team? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, it, that's a compliment. Uh, you know, I think we're beyond the, the days of hoping, or at least I hope we are. Uh, that being said, with the expectations, if, like you said, have taken a step. Uh, there's been a lot of teams who have taken a step and then taken two back. Uh, it's not going to be easy this year. A lot of teams in our division have gotten better, uh, maybe gotten better because of where we've gone, maybe put some pressure on the rest of the division. Uh, again, that, that should be viewed as a compliment, but it's, it's going to be a lot harder this year. We're not sneaking up on anybody. Uh, but yeah, the, the individual expectation, that's good. You know, that means I set the bar too low the first year uh, and that, that I'm back to a level where I, I feel like I need to be all the time. Yeah, there's Mark Letestu coming off a really strong season with the Edmonton Oilers. 16 goals, 35 points, NHL highs for the former AJHL MVP. Very important depth player and leader for your Edmonton Oilers. We'll have more from Todd McClellan as we move along on the show tonight. Love that comment there from Letestu about uh, Chris Russell. We call him Matt Benning's dad. 
some important mentorship going on there. And uh, Benning talked about that in an interview I did with him a couple of weeks ago as well. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break for the 6.30 news and weather. And then one of the CFL players of the week, a guy who hasn't lost a game this season, hasn't thrown a pick, Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley coming up on Inside Sports on 6.30 Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, J.C. Sheriff unfortunately lost for the season to the Green and Gold, who will host B.C. on Friday. 4-1 Lions, 4-0 Eskimos. We have it for you on 630 Chad. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off the game. We'll start at 730 and when you're talking about leaders on the Edmonton Eskimos, no one fits the bill more than this guy. I'm pleased to welcome to the show quarterback Mike Riley. Mike, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Great start to the season for you guys. Uh, the BC Lions are doing well. Uh, I know you're familiar with a, a young man by the name of Travis Lule, who I had the pleasure of interviewing and having on the show yesterday. Mike, I'm going to start with uh, the last question I asked him yesterday. It's a pretty serious one. Uh, I said, who's a better trash talker, you or Mike Riley? And he said, well, Mike, I'm going to paraphrase here. He said, he said, Mike is pretty witty that when you were uh, uh, second and third quarterback in BC, you always uh, had a lot of comebacks. But Travis said, don't underestimate me. I always have a comeback for Mike now, and I can match him zinger for zinger. Now, is he overestimating his ability, or what do you think? <laughs> Man, I mean, that's probably pretty spot on, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> Trev... The thing is, like, I'm always on my game when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but when it comes to Trav, like, he'll just sit back and take it all in and you think you've got the best of him, and then he'll just, like, throw a low-key zinger out there and you're like, it just kind of catches you off guard. So sometimes it's more impactful that way. So, I mean, I, I got to give him credit. He probably hit the nail on the head with that one. All right. Well, I wanted to start with the hard-hitting question, so there we go. We got that out of the way. Hey, uh, look, man, you guys are off to a, a great start. You had an incredible uh, last drive there to beat Hamilton. Uh, I, I want to look ahead, but I do want to ask you a, a couple questions about that about that drive uh, in Hamilton because it was so compelling and, and so much fun to watch. How, that, that first play, you guys got about 29 yards to Hazelton. How much did that change the complexion of that drive? Because it, it seemed to me maybe Hamilton you know, was a little bit on its heels after you got a big gain on the very first play, and then, and then it seemed, too, it gave, maybe gave you guys a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, no question. That was a huge play, um, you know, for, for a number of reasons. Um, you know, you go out there, and with the particular play call that we had, we, we knew we were going to get a good look. Um, you know, we're just expecting, obviously, to get, you know, a first down, move the chains, and just kind of get things going. Um, you know, it, it's not necessarily just a, a gimme throw, but it's something that we feel very confident with our concept that, you know, we're going to have some answers and we're going to get a completion somewhere, um, you know, 8 to 10 yards. And based on the coverage that they were in, uh, and the way Vidal ran his route, where he got the ball, uh, he was able to get some nice yak yardage afterwards, which was great. Um, again, like I said, maybe a bit unexpected, but um, definitely put us in a good position because, you know, a minute, whatever was on the clock, a minute 10 or whatever it was, um, is plenty of time to move down the field. 
But when you get in situations at the end of the game when you have to go down and, you know, whether you need a field goal, but certainly if you need a touchdown, um, the main thing is to get your drive going. You know, you don't want to be sitting back there, um, you know, sitting in second and long. Uh, and that that's clearly going to change your, your mindset of what you're going to do. And now you're just concerned about getting the first down. Uh, but when, when you start the drive out and you can get a big play like that, um, you know, and get yourself immediately into their end of the field. You know, we were, we were just past midfield, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, and it didn't take very much time off the clock. Then that, that definitely gives you a lot of flexibility. I mean, we were able to run the ball in the next two plays um, and get another first down, which, you know, if you struggle coming out of the gates um, and it takes you a couple of plays to get that, that original first down and now you've burnt some time off the clock, uh, you know, now you're you're kind of in a situation where you got to take some shots down the field a little bit more, uh, and it narrows your playbook down. So yeah, that first play, um, being as successful as it was, that was huge in getting us some momentum, uh, getting Hamilton's defense concerned, um, and also just opening up our playbook to to different you know options rather than just dropping back and throwing the ball downfield. Hazelton made that play. He wound up scoring the game-winning touchdown. Uh, you know, he's an established CFL receiver, but his first year with the Edmonton Eskimos. What have you learned or discovered about him as a teammate that maybe wasn't as apparent to you when he was on the opposition? Yeah, I mean, I know Vidal has some experience in this league, but I, I still consider him not necessarily like a rookie, but I consider him a young wide receiver because he just doesn't have, um, you know, a whole lot of experience playing within our particular offense with our guys, with this coaching staff. You know, he spent some time on the PR last year at the end of the season. Um, you know, but this is his first season of, of going out there and playing live regular season games with me as a quarterback, learning how I operate things, learn how I throw the ball, um, you know, working with Carson, our OC and wide receiver coach, and exactly how we want things ran and, and all those types of things. So he's still learning uh, a ton every single day and every single week when we're preparing for teams. And, and so he's just going to continue to improve um, and do great things for us. But what I do love about him is, you know, he's extremely competitive and fiery out there on the field. And he's aggressive. He's, a, you know, Jarrell Walker, one of the things that made him a great receiver was just how physical that he was and how aggressive he was going up for the ball. And then when he did catch the ball on underneath routes, he would run people over, um, you know, and, and Vidal plays a different brand of football, but there are quite a few similarities just in that um, aggressiveness and just how they approach the football, you know, trying to snatch it out of the air and take it away from people. So, um, you know, he's been a huge addition for us. Uh, you know, but inside of the locker room and the meeting rooms and things like that, the one thing that I have learned about Vidal is that, you know, football means a lot to him. He's a guy that spends a ton of time on his iPad with the, the cut-ups and of the film and, and with the drawings of the plays and things like that, just always studying and, and just always trying to make sure that the mental side of the game is something that he's prepared with. And, um, you know, that allows him to play fast on the football field. And, you know, again, he's he's still, in my eyes, a young guy that's going to continue to improve and, and has, you know, he'd probably tell himself he's got a long way to go, um, but he certainly is building the foundation properly, and he's done a very nice job for us so far. 
Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley joining us tonight at Inside Sports, getting ready to take on the BC Lions on Friday night. You know, you've obviously had some change. There, there are always changes in your receiving core. You, you mentioned Darrell Walker, who's uh, taken a shot at the NFL. There have already been some injuries uh, hitting you guys this season with uh, Bowman. So, you know, Mitchell has to come in. Some guys have been moved around. Does it does it change anything for you as a quarterback throwing to different guys? Like, do you have to... Uh, you know, do the guys like the ball a certain way and you have to keep that in mind or they run patterns a, a different way? I mean, what goes into it for a, a quarterback when you might have, uh, you know, two, three new guys in the lineup week after week? Yeah, it, it changes things, um, subtle changes, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, my job is to drop back, go through my reads, make the correct decision and, and put a ball in a catchable area for the guy that, you know, the ball is supposed to go to. So it doesn't change that. That's still, regardless of who's in, that's your job and that's what you do and that's how you approach it. But, um, you know, there's a few different things. I think our coaching staff does a great job of understanding, um, you know, our wide receivers' particular strengths and getting them into the correct positions to be successful, to get open, giving them the routes that they're good at, um, you know, things like that. But uh, in terms of throwing the football to these different guys, um, you know, again, as a quarterback, you got to understand your various wide receivers and their strengths. You know, I'm not going to say what their weaknesses are because I don't think any of our guys have glaring weaknesses, but there are certainly things um, that they'd maybe do better uh, in a particular area than other guys do. And so, um, you know, whether it's throwing the deep ball, understanding, you know, how much loft to put on the ball to give the guy a good shot um you know when they're coming across the middle where their body leverage normally is uh, compared to a defensive back so if you're going to put it you know at eye level or chest level or down at the waist or wherever inside outside those different things um but those aren't things that you necessarily think about consciously when you're on the field those are things that are learned throughout the week of practice over and over and over through repetition and and that's I guess the term that a lot of people like to use is chemistry that quarterbacks have with their wide receivers. And and again, that's nothing more than just going through all of those repetitions and getting on the same page of, of what a guy um, maybe is better at or prefers and just making sure that, you know, your muscle memory reacts properly to, to put them in a good position to, to win the play. Um, you know, but again, our guys, you know, they're not picky. You know, the ball's somewhere around them. They understand that they're expected to come down with that ball. And, um, you know, more often than not, they do. They're aggressive at attacking the football. Um, you know, but, yeah, there, there's been changes to our lineup for sure. Um, you know, I think if outside of our room, I think if you asked anybody before the season, if you said uh, four games into this thing, you know, there's going to be no John White. Uh, there's going to be no J.C. You know, Conar is going to be down. Uh, Corey Greenwood is going to be down. Uh, Darius is going to be out of your lineup. Um, I doubt many people would peg us at 4-0. Um, but in our room, we don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, you know, we care about going out there with the guys that are on the field and being successful and doing whatever it takes to win a football game. So, um, you know, our young guys that have had to come in and play, they've done a great job, and, and that's that's not a surprise. That's been expected from day one. Mike, I started with a lighthearted question about Travis Lule. I'll end with a serious one. Uh, and look, you've, you've certainly uh, carved your own path in the league, but there was a time where, uh, you know, he was higher than you on the depth chart in BC. Just how would you describe his impact on your CFL career? Yeah, you know, I, I think Travis was holding me back for three years. You know, right. I, think I was better than him, and I should have been the starter. You know, he, he really delayed my 
career taking off. So I blame him now. Um, <laughs> you know, Travis has been instrumental in in me developing in this league, um, being prepared to be a starter when I finally got my opportunity. Um, you know, and and it was nothing more. Uh, you know, than just being around him all the time. We we created a great friendship. Um, you know that that obviously still lasts to this day. Um, you know, so because of that, we were just always doing everything together. You know, when practice was over with, you know, we would stick around at the facility for hours and watch film together. And you know, a few times in the off seasons, I'd be staying, um, you know, at at his apartment or at his you know house with with him and Kim, his wife. Um, you know, just working on things in the off season and, and running the workouts with the wide receivers that were in town and uh, doing things like that. And so I got to watch him firsthand handle it. Um, you know, he took over in 2010 as the full-time starter right when I was coming into the league. So I kind of got to watch his progression, um, not just with how to be a quarterback on the field, but as a quarterback, starting quarterback in the CFL, uh, there's a lot of off the field things that, that uh, you have to do. And obviously me being on the phone doing this interview right now is one of those things that I'm talking about in the sense of you have media obligations. There's a lot of things outside of just catching a snap and dropping back and throwing a football. Um, you know, how you carry yourself, how you present yourself is a reflection on your team because you are the leader of your team. You're the face of your franchise. and You have to um, represent that in a way uh, that's expected. And so I got to watch him do all of those things. Um, you know, so when I got my opportunity, you know, I had a pretty good uh, blueprint on how to do things. And um, that's just off the field, you know, watching him compete and, and play on the field was also, you know, something that uh, I always watched and tried to learn as much as I could from. But um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely, you know, when you're sitting there for three years, you want to play. You don't want to sit there and watch somebody else play. But if you do it right, you can learn a lot and make sure that you're prepared for your opportunity. And that's just how I always tried to approach it. Mike, well said. Congratulations as well on being a player of the week in the CFL. And we're looking forward to a big showdown Friday night, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Thanks so much for your time. Hope we can do this again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, always great to have Mike Riley on the show. And James texting in during that interview, he says, Reed, I would like to give Mike Riley kudos for the number of times he makes himself available to us, the loyal listeners, throughout the season. Always great to have Mike on the program, indeed. He's well-spoken. You know, he doesn't give you the uh, he doesn't give anything away about the playbook, but he gives detailed answers. I like how he explained how uh, Hazelton has has added to the team and how he still considers Hazelton a young receiver who is learning, but he likes the way he he uh, fights for the ball and certainly an important and significant relationship there between Riley and Travis uh, Lule that means a lot to both guys. This texter says, I'm worried the BCD line is going to get to Mike. I've seen them do those twists and spins of an O-line and then power through to hammer the quarterback. Well, i got to tell you what, if you're like me and you own a pair of worry pants, you probably got them on. I, I, this, this is... Uh, I mean, this this is the one so far that worries me the most for the Eskimos. Uh, I know they've pulled out some close games, which I think is fine, which I think is fine, but BC is coming in hot. Lule obviously looks as good as ever. The Eskimos are beat up. Sometimes those injuries do uh, catch up to you. I'm sounding like a bit of a negative Nancy here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, young season, early in the season, Regardless of the result, it, it's not going to, uh, you know, I don't think define the Eskimos in 2017, but uh, clearly the toughest foe 
so far. And they did play BC in week one, but BC's looking even better than they did off the hop. But I think it's going to be a very fun and competitive game. Riley's probably going to be challenged, might take some hits, but you know he always bounces back. Speaking of Mike Riley and the Edmonton Rhinos, as they are called in Canadian Football 17, you probably remember about three weeks ago, we have David Winter on the show, the president of the video game company Canuck Play. Well, today is the day that Canadian Football 17 is released. They did not get the license with the league. They can't use the real team names or the real players, though they use similar colors and and similar-looking stadiums. It's on Xbox One and Steam. Tell me if anybody played it today. If you played Canadian Football 17, uh, let me know what you think by texting 630-630 or phoning 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. You asked me to be your savior. Well, that's appropriate. We did ask Cam Talbot to be our savior, making saves, and he did plenty of that this past NHL season. Cam Talbot, uh, another guy uh, spending uh, most of his summer in Edmonton. He was at the Oilers Hockey School today, and he's scheduled to be at the Celebrity Pro-Am on Tuesday at the Windermere for the Oil Country Championship. Big McKenzie Tour stop coming up here in Edmonton. And, and you heard earlier, I asked Mark Letestu about Jamie Sedlowski, uh, you know, uh, who played they played together for the Bonneville Pontiacs Sadlowski went on to be a long drive champion uh, now trying to get his PGA Tour card and he will be playing in the Oil Country Championship and uh, we are planning on having Jamie Sadlowski on Inside Sports next week so that'll be pretty fun tomorrow uh, this is going to be cool Kia Nurse scheduled to be on the show one of, I think already, even at a young age, one of the greatest Canadian basketball players of all time. The Canadian women's team, Edmonton is their home. The Savile Centre is their home court. So they're currently training, getting ready for a tournament coming up in August. Of course, uh, Kia Nurse, member of that powerful University of Connecticut team. She has played for the University of Connecticut for three seasons. She has won two national titles. She has lost a grand total of two games. <laughs> That's right. As, as an NCAA player, Kia Nurse has lost twice. Lost uh, early in her freshman season to Stanford, and then the Huskies were upset in the national semifinal by uh, Mississippi State this past spring. So uh, we'll talk to her about that. We, uh, there's also the, uh, the NASCAR Canada event coming up in Edmonton this weekend and uh, Alex Tagliani scheduled to join us in studio and of course we'll preview the Eskimos and the Lions so uh, we'll continue to have more fun here on Inside Sports on 630 Chet you can text 630-630 the phone number 780-496-0063 apparently nobody at least no listeners none of the, the 14 people who listen to this show have tried Canadian Football 17 now it did just come out today uh, Xbox One and on Steam, and uh, Kellen. As much as I joke about my uh, lack of uh, 
modernness. Mm-hmm. I do know what Steam is. Yeah. I've used Steam. There you go. You, di- you, you buy video games, but you yeah. just do it under your computer. Yeah, there's you no just, physical copies anymore. Yeah, you just download them. Download them. I, haven't, I yeah. haven't used it a lot, but I, I can't even... I don't remember what games I've purchased, but I yeah. have purchased games on Steam. I, I'm more of a console guy myself. I got a PS4, but I also have Steam on my PC too, so I got a few games for that as well. Well, so. and I think uh, mm. I haven't... Uh, it's been a while since I looked at it, but I think the cool thing about Steam yeah. is is that you could... If there was a video game on your computer you liked in the in 1997, yeah, you might be able to find it for five bucks. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to download the Canadian Football 17 game yet. I'm just waiting for my buddy to get back from his honeymoon because we're gonna try and play online and see what the online play is like on there because you can play online against somebody. So oh, good, and I think yeah. it's about uh, 20 bucks Canadian. Yeah, yeah, 21.99, I believe, something like that. It's too bad the league's not on board. I know we had David Winter on the show, and uh, you know I think it kind of came down to some uh, some money. And I know there was an article in the National Post, Edmonton Journal today about the league's lack of involvement and and they didn't comment on it and I know uh, Mr. Winter was saying you know they they expect us to put up a whole bunch of money that we aren't that, that we wouldn't be able to get back so I, I I hope it's a good game I I don't expect it to be you know maybe maybe I'm having too low expectations I don't expect it to be uh, on par with Madden or something a right. you know the I guess Madden doesn't make NCAA anymore mm. right because the finally they didn't want to pay players right for the for the license and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what was that other game that was popular for a while? The NFL 2K series. Yeah, was the 2K Sagan series, on making yeah. that, which yeah. was a pretty strong challenger to Madden for a couple of years. It was, but, yeah. but now Madden just continues yeah. to, to have them on well, two, 2K was all over the place. They had uh, football franchise, basketball franchise. They even were a competitor for EA Sports they had and hockey, hockey good stuff. Hockey yeah. Game. yeah. I don't so. know if they ever made a good baseball game. They might have called it something uh, else. Geez, Actually, the I'm show sure. is the best. The show is the best baseball game. Yes, but it's only for uh, PS4. That's right. And P- well, PS at PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't think they made it for PS3 anymore. But any- but anyway, uh, but, Canadian yeah. Football 17. If at any point you try it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me know. Maybe I'll go home and try it out. Uh, yeah, let's get out. some final scores I, from that. Can I, write, can I write that off as a business expense if I buy the game? Can sure. I Can I submit that receipt tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Well, thanks, Kellen. Now you're now you're in charge of the finance department here. What Kellen said, I could do it. What, what's what's the problem? This, Why not? Por- this portion of Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. I can tell you the Eskimos have put Kendall Lawrence on the six-game injured list. Christoph Malamba Chamenga uh, might be going in for Blair Smith at Will Linebacker, which has been a spot really beat up for the Edmonton Eskimos, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Daquan Bowers, pretty good start to the season at defensive end. He's been placed on the uh, one-game injured list, so he won't be available for Friday against the BC Lions. We got a little more from Todd McClellan as we move along. We'll talk some more uh, football, too. Edmonton Wildcats head coach Darcy Park going to be on the show, but we'll feature a UFC world champion in the next half hour. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.